Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be reviewing week five in the NBA, and also I will begin the first of my player spotlights, players from back in the day. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so what I'm going to do in my All Things Basketball podcast, I'm going to now start reviewing the past week. So we're up to week five in the NBA. So let's I'll give a review of the highlights of the week. Well, first, I'll start with my teams of the week, my player of the week. Then I'll go through the highlights and then we'll talk about the injuries and then we'll kind of preview the games coming up. So, all right, so let's get into it. My team of the week in the East, it's got to be the Milwaukee Bucks. They ended the week 3-0. and And we, uh, we saw Giannis Antetokounmpo have a monster week where he had uh, 47 points against the Lakers. And then he dropped a 32-20 and 20 game against the Orlando Magic. So um, kind of peeking in to see who ends up being the player of the week. So, and then for the West, you got the Golden State Warriors who finished the week 4-0. and And the red-hot Phoenix Suns who are currently on a 12-game win streak, but they finished 4-0 for the week in the West. So, But my player of the week is Giannis, of course, the Greek freak, because of those games there that he dropped. So, Also, you could probably put Steph in as a uh, runner-up as well, what he did out there in Brooklyn. So, and Speaking of that, let's talk about the highlights for the week. And... Golden State goes to Brooklyn, I believe that was on Tuesday, and blow them out. And in that game, uh, the fans, uh, man, Brooklyn, 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 y'all, y'all just a little brother in New York City. Uh, Knicks is the big brother. Anyhow, um, the chant, the fans there started chanting MVP for Steph Curry in Brooklyn. That just tells you there's really no home court advantage being there when you when you when you got those type of things happening, um, which is a disgrace because think of the team you got over there. I mean, seriously, wow, yeah. So um, yeah, definitely not a good look in Brooklyn. And then we have the likes of Stephen A. Smith suggesting that KD made a bad choice in going to Brooklyn. Uh, he's still lamenting the fact of no Kyrie Irving. I think at this point we're beating a dead horse. Kyrie is staunching his stance. He is not going to play in New York. He's not going to get the vaccine. It, and again, I, I revert back to this. You think a man who believed the earth was flat is going to take a vaccine? Mr. Conspiracy Theory himself, he's not doing that. So, 
I get it. I understand. I I, I understand um, to a certain point, but I don't think Durant sees it that way. I don't think he sees it as betrayal. I don't think he sees it as him um, not coming through for him. He doesn't see it that way. He just doesn't. He so Kevin Durant is a different cat. He's just different, man. So he doesn't see it as that. He's just a guy who wants to go out there and ball. And, you know, I'm sure, would he like to get a chip again? I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. But I I really don't think that's at the forefront of his mind. I really don't. He's a different kind of guy. So, sure, Kyrie is not playing and what have you. And James Harden, he seems like he's coming around a little bit. But, you know. This, this team is just too troubled. I understand. I get it. The Rob Parkers of the world still doesn't worry about this team. He says they'll be in the finals. They'll win it all. They'll do, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when a team got these many problems, I just don't see it. I mean, we're, we're only in November. You know, it's a lot of season to go. But uh, I could be wrong on this, but I doubt I am. So, uh Another highlight for the week, the Lakers pretty much being a 500 team without LeBron, but they have LeBron back now who actually said, guys, we got to play with a sense of urgency here. You know, um, you know, it's still early, but you, you, you look at the teams above them. Golden State isn't going anywhere. I don't believe Phoenix, Phoenix is going anywhere. So they're going to be looking up for most of this season here um, if they don't turn things around. So, you know, they're kind of in a hole now at 8 and 9. But, you know, there's a lot of season to go, so, you know, we'll see what happens. And then last night we saw the fight that took place in Detroit. Uh, LeBron on the free throw line throws an elbow at Isaiah Stewart which ends up bloody in him. And I guess once he realized, hey, I'm bloodied here. So he goes after LeBron. Uh, then they had to be restrained. Then he gets to the tunnel, then doubles back trying to get to him. And then uh, Russell Westbrook, he go, he puts his dukes up, you know. So we'll, we'll see what happens when the dust settles with all this. Does LeBron deserve to be suspended for this i say by the current rules probably yes but it won't happen i think he'll just get a fine and he'll be done with it i think stewart on the other hand i think he misses a game uh maybe a game or so because of his antics so but this is a different nba guys this is not back in the day where you saw robert parrish sucker punch Bill Lane Beer, it's not that type of NBA anymore. It's just not. So, um, it's not the malice in the palace. It, it, those days are done. The, the NBA's not having it. So, uh, I I think they will discipline Stewart. But I think LeBron, it, they'll say it's within the height of the game. And he didn't mean to, you know, bloody him like that. So, he'll, he'll get flopped. Fine. He was ejected rightfully so. 
So I think it'll be water under the bridge. So, and then the last story is Luke Walton out as the Sacramento Kings coach. Uh, he, his, he finished with a six and 11 record. Um, I mean, he's in a tough division there. He really is in a tough division. That Pacific division with all those teams over there, Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns, and to some extent the Clippers. So, yeah, it's whoever's going to be that coach. I mean, he really has to be one to bring out the talent that's on that team. So, you know, Luke Walton was Luke Walton was in a tough spot. So, right now, Alvin Gentry is the interim coach for that team. And actually, they'll make their debut tonight. Uh, uh, Phil, Philadelphia 76ers will come to Sacramento. So this will be Alvin Gentry's first game. And I tell you what, with Alvin Gentry in the fold, I really like De'Aaron Fox to really take off um, with Alvin Gentry there. I, I really think that. So, um but I think the, I think they'll make some moves. I think there'll be some player movement as well. So, um, you know, and that's the whole thing. You can't fire the team. So what do you do? You get rid of the coach. So that's just the way things go. So, so those are the, pretty much the highlights for the week. Let's talk about the injuries that um, throughout the NBA. Let's start with Toronto. Uh, OG Anunobi, he's right now, he's could be out for a while. He has a hip pointer. He's already missed two games. So, um, so he, um, court to Nick nurse, he's going to be out a while. What a while means. We're not sure he's being kind of vague with it. So, uh, Chicago bulls, uh, Nikolai Vucevic, uh, Nikola Vucevic, he right now, he's still in COVID protocols. Um, he doesn't have a return date yet. He's already missed five games, so uh, perhaps he makes his appearance this week. We'll see. Uh, Golden State, uh, good news for them. Clay Thompson could be back before Christmas. He's doing five-on-fives now from that devastating knee those uh the knee injuries actually multiple ones so uh so he could be back before christmas again i say if he does come back he should come off the bench he's gonna see minutes limits he uh in the beginning guys so i don't think he'll get ramped up until maybe late in january maybe or they could just um put him on a minute's limit up until the all-star break. So we'll see. And then also James Wiseman, he could be back uh, even sooner. So uh looks like the rich get richer guys. <laughs> the Warriors who already has the league's best record. Uh, they're, they're, they're only going to get stronger. So uh, bad news for the uh, rest of the league. <laughs> Moving on to Denver, Nikola Jokic, uh, the Joker, 
uh, wrist injury for him. He could be out a while, says Mike Malone. So we'll see how he how it goes with him. He's already missed a couple of games. So um, so that's a while. We don't know what that means. Maybe a few more games. Maybe he's back this week. We don't know. In terms of Cleveland, they're without a um, couple of guys now. Colin Sexton with that torn meniscus, meniscus tear. Uh, he's going to be out for the season. He's out for the season with that. So, which is a tough break for him. He was supposed to get. Remember all the guys who got the extensions. He was supposed to be one of them. That didn't happen for him. Now with this injury, what does that mean for him? Uh, that remains to be seen. So, uh, tough break for the kid. Tough break. And then you have Evan Mobley, the rookie uh, big that they have. He has an elbow injury. He's going to miss two to four weeks. But good news, Laurie Marketing. He's going to be back from COVID, so he'll be available actually tonight to play. He's missed nine games already. So, And then for the Atlanta Hawks, DeAndre Hunter, this kid always seems to go down with an injury, man. Uh, wrist injury for him, he's going to be out two months. So what that will mean, guys, you got to fire up uh, Kevin Herter. You got to fire him up because um, last year around this time is where he heated up for the Hawks. So definitely try and grab him um, if, if you can. Out there in Boston, Jalen Brown, uh, he's available for tonight. He's had a hamstring injury that's kept him out nine games. And then bad news for the young big, Robert Williams III. Uh, knee injury. He he was out all of last week. We'll see uh, what this week holds for him. So then to the Knicks, M Mitchell Robinson is in concussion protocols, so he's going to miss some games, guys. So thankfully they have Nerlens Noel back, but even with him, it's touch and go. So we'll see what happens with the New York Bigs. Uh. Dallas in Dallas, the Mavericks, Luka Doncic, he's got a knee and ankle issue. So he was out all of last week, three games. We'll see what happens for this week in terms of that. LeBron James, we know he's back. Uh, he came back Friday from the abdominal strain. So uh, he was out eight games prior to Friday's game. And then the last person, Joel Embiid. He was out with COVID. Well, he's out with COVID, actually. So, and he remains out. He's missed the last four games. It doesn't look like he's going to be on this West Western stretch. Um, and actually, they've lost ground in the East. They, in those seven games, they only won one game. So, uh, so it looks like Embiid will probably won't be on the rest of the West trip. Um, maybe when they get home, we'll see him then. We'll see. So, all right. And then lastly, uh, let's talk about some up upcoming games for the weeks. 
for this week. So we'll start with Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, November 23rd. The Knicks actually host the L.A. Lakers, L.A. Lakers, who just coming off that victory over Detroit in that rough and tumble game. And of course, like I said, LeBron will not be suspended. Why? Because they're going to play the Knicks and heaven forbid uh, LeBron's not available to play at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so uh, he'll he'll be there for that game. The tough one for the Knicks, that's for sure. But actually, Knicks have a tough week. I'll talk about the rest of their games. Uh, then Wednesday, we have Boston. We have Boston hosting the Brooklyn Nets in what should be a good game uh, with Jalen Brown back now. Uh, of course, uh, Jason Tatum, uh, Al Horford, uh, Dennis Schroeder and those guys. Uh, should, should be a tough test for Brooklyn, that's for sure. So that should be a good one on Wednesday. And then after Thanksgiving on Friday, uh, the Knicks will host the Phoenix Suns again, the ho- hottest team in the NFL, in, in, in not the NFL, the hottest team in the NBA right now. So, uh, Monty Williams is just doing a masterful job over there. Uh, kudos to him. And then also that on that Friday night, Golden State will be hosting the Portland Trailblazers in what should be a very, very good game there. Then you have Saturday, three games of interest Saturday. Uh, Brooklyn actually will face the Phoenix Suns. So Phoenix have a back-to-back with the Knicks and with Brooklyn. So uh, we'll we'll see if they could keep that streak going uh, while playing in New York. And then speaking of the Knicks, they go to Atlanta to face the Atlanta Hawks, and this will be their first meeting of the season. Uh, remember the series from last year, the playoff series. So that this should be a tough, tough one for the Knicks. Knicks have a tough week this week, so uh, we'll we'll see what they're made of this week. And then also uh, another Saturday game, Chicago hosting the Miami Heat in what should be a tough contest there uh both teams are you know uh kind of up top in the east so uh we'll see what uh transpires in that one and then sunday the la clippers host the division leaders who well they probably should still be division leaders depending on how the week goes the golden state warriors on sunday so those are your upcoming games for the weeks, guys. So, um, in terms of fantasy, I definitely say go out and get guys like Laurie Markkinen if they're on the waiver, if he's on the waiver wire. Uh, Kevin Herter for the for the Atlanta Hawks. Markkinen for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who else should you uh, be thinking about this week? Uh, probably uh, Jalen Brunson for the the Mavericks with uh, Luca still uh, dealing with his knee and ankle. So definitely you want to consider that. 
um, Aaron Gordon for the Nuggets. Uh, he's somebody you need to think about, especially with uh, Nikolai feeling, um, you know, with the wrist injury. So, and he's actually been stepping up as of late because remember, they're without uh, Michael Porter Jr., who has the back injury. So, um, if Scotty Barnes is out there for Toronto, you want to think about him. Um, Apart from that, uh, there's no one I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I think that'll do it. So, all right, guys. So that is your roundup for the NBA for week five. So um, next time you hear from me, I'll have another special episode coming up where I do player spotlights. So we will talk then. Okay, guys, so what I thought about doing is a player spotlight for each week. So it's going to be a player from the days of old. So uh, I kind of came inspired with this idea when I did the top 75 list. Actually, the guys who didn't make it. So it had me revert to guys from back in the day and so forth. So... I thought about it, I said, you know what, these guys aren't, aren't really mentioned, you know, in modern times. So, and, you know, um, I know a lot of young folks think the NBA started when LeBron entered the league, but uh, not so. So, let's talk about a player from back in the day, if we can. So, today's spotlight is going to be... Before there was a Michael Jordan, before there was a obviously LeBron, uh, one of the most popular players in the NBA was a man named Julius Irving, known as the Doctor, Doctor J, the Doc Black Moses. Julius Irving, um, born in Roosevelt, New York, uh, he. Small forward, 6'7". Uh, he's played his college years at UMass. Uh, uh, actually, uh, pretty much a regular out at Rucker Park. Uh, the things he would do out there, man. Oh, my gosh. But uh, his college years were spent at UMass. He was there for three years. And while he was there the three years... He averaged 26.3 points per game. He averaged 20.2 rebounds. So he was a, just from day one, he was a guy who can jump right out of the gym. So uh, so he, he stayed his three years at UMass. And then uh, what happened was actually... He left UMass to join the ABA. He left from college to join the ABA. Uh, and he went to the, the Virginia Squires. The Virginia Squires of the NBA. So, um, so they signed him as a player. 
Uh, mind you, at that time, the Squires had um, they they had a pretty decent team. They had guys like Charlie Scott there. So um, yeah, and then actually, this was in the year was nineteen seventy one. Nineteen seventy one is when he left and went to the Virginia Squires, and then the following year. He was actually drafted. He was drafted in the first round. He was a 12th pick overall by the Milwaukee Bucks at that time uh, in 1972. But what happened was, um, I don't think he was all that thrilled about going to Milwaukee, that's for sure. So, um, so what ended up happening was, uh, he, although he was with the Virginia Squires at the time, he he tried to link up, <laughs> oddly enough. Although he was drafted by Milwaukee, he tried to link up with the Atlanta Hawks. But um, the Virginia Squires, they filed court injunctions trying to prevent him from doing that. So, And then actually, um, Julius ended up, after his first season with the Squires, he joined them about four games into the season. So, um, so he played for the Squires for two years In those two years with the Squires, he, uh, he ended up on the all rookie team that, um, his first season, he averaged those two seasons with the Squires, 29.4 points per game, four, little over 14 rebounds a game, uh, just over four assists per game. Two and a half steals, 1.8 blocks. He uh, from the field he he averaged 49.7 from the field, uh, 76% from the free throw line. So, um, and then from there, uh, Irving was dealt by the Squires to the New the well the New York Nets of the ABA after after his two seasons there. And in his first season with the Nets, he, along with the likes of Larry Keenan and Billy Pulse, led the team to an NBA, uh, ABA championship in his first year, which will be one of, and he also received one of his first ABA MVP awards that year. His Duncan prowess revolutionized both both leagues that he played in um, thanks to the influence of a uh, high flyer by the name of Connie Hawkins. Connie Hawkins, who uh, I'll probably profile sometime soon. Uh, he's a guy that we really don't talk about, but he was one of the early high flyers in the NBA. So, um, so, Julius, he ended up playing um, three seasons with the New York Nets. Three seasons there. And in those three seasons there, he ends up um, a two-time ABA champion. And also, he led the ABA in scoring three times. And um, 
three of his MVP awards he got in the ABA. So, um, and then also, too, by his dunking prowess, he participated in the first ever dunk contest, which was in the ABA. Uh, he competed against the likes of David Thompson, who was a high flyer in his own right, George Gervin, Larry Keenan, and Artis Gilmore. And he beat, he uh, defeated them all. And of course, he does the famous foul line uh, takeoff for a dunk there. So, um, so after the 1975-76 season, the ABA folded. The league just folded. And and then the NBA, what they did was they absorbed four of the teams. The Nets, the San Antonio Spurs, the Denver Nuggets, and the Indiana Pacers. But uh, at that time, uh, Julius Irving and the Nets were in a salary dispute. So, you know, with him coming to the NBA, he was like, look, you know, you got to pay me, pay me what's right here. Uh, of course, the Nets refused to do that. So, so the Nets were trying to figure out where to deal him, who to deal him to. Uh, there was s- some whispers that um, he he would uh, like to went to the Knicks, but the Knicks at that time they were into disciplined basketball. So, uh, where it was, uh, Julius Irvin was too much of a uh, freestyler and he wouldn't fit into Red Holzman's system so that's the rumor that goes around uh, so the Nets deal him to the Philadelphia 76ers for get this three million dollars which I guess in that day was a lot of money and it kind of helped the franchise but uh, when you look at it now it's like really so so he goes to the to the Philadelphia 76ers. In his first season there, he helps lead them all the way to the finals. Uh, he played with the likes of George McGinnis, Lloyd B. Free, who will later change his name to World B. Free, and Doug Collins. Remember Doug Collins now who uh, ended up being Chicago coach and now he's the TV analyst. Um, but they f- that fil- that Philly team fell in six games to the Portland Trailblazers, led by Bill Walton uh, at the time. Uh, fell to that team in six games, mind you. They led the series two to nothing at uh, one point, and the Blazers reeled off uh, four straight victories. So. So Philly management after that series decided, you know something, I think we need to start building this team around Julius. So uh, they went out and got pieces. They acquired, immediately acquired uh, a defensive stalwart, Bobby Jones. They got him in a trade. And then much later, they uh, acquired Moses Malone, the man who would eventually take them to the mountaintop. Uh, after being being able to beat the Boston and the L.A. 
L.A. Lakers, who um, they met once in the finals prior to Moses Malone's arrival, and they lost that in six games. Remember, Magic Johnson subs for Kareem in game six. It has the monster game there. Uh, so, and then the following year after that, they lose to Boston in seven. So, um, that prompted them to acquire Moses Malone. And Moses Malone's acquisition was the one that would finally get the Sixers over the hump to win in their championship. So, uh, so Julius Irvin, one of the most popular players at that time, but couldn't get that ring. He could not get that ring. It wasn't until Moses' arrival that happened. And then he would play uh, about four more seasons. And then in 1986-87, he begins what became, <laughs> uh, his last season and what turns out to be his farewell tour. And every city he went, he was at halftime, he was giving these tributes um, to him. Because he was, again, he was a popular player throughout the league. So, uh, so everybody gave him his flowers. So, um, and then, uh, another tidbit to know about him before Michael Jordan had the idea of a space jam, Julius Irvin had his own film, the fish that saved Pittsburgh back in 1979. I remember that. I saw that in the movies. Um, where he played Moses Guffrey, a guy, um, a star playing for a sad sack Pittsburgh team. And what ended up happening was they acquired all these players who were born under the same sign Pisces because Moses Guffrey at the time was a Pisces. So they had this psychic who could, um, foresee and whatnot so uh and she became part of the team well you know an advisor for the team so uh if you ever get a chance uh it's a pretty interesting movie and it has nba stars in it besides julius I, kareem was in it norm nixon was in it to uh, name a few and fyi his Future wife was in that movie, and actually, that's where they met uh, a woman by the name of Debbie Allen. So, um, so interesting tidbit about that movie. And then the psychic in that movie was supposed to be Cher, but Cher turned down the role, and it ended up going to Stockard Channing. So, uh, so interesting tidbit, nonetheless. But let's get back to the basketball aspect of things. In terms of Julius's accolades, when everything was said and done with his career, um, in those three seasons with the Nets, he averaged 28.2 points per game, uh, almost 11 rebounds, a little over five assists, uh, 2.3 steals, just over two blocks per game. He shot at 50.8% from the field. Uh, nearly 79% from the free throw line. And then with the Sixers, he played 11 seasons, 22 points per game he averaged, 6.7 rebounds, 
almost four assists per game, uh, 1.8 steals, and a block and a half per game, shooting 50.7 from the field percentage-wise and 77.7 from the free throw line. Uh, he played in 16 All-Star games, five in the ABA, 11 in the NBA. Five-time All-ABA, seven-time All-NBA. He made one defensive team, all-defensive defensive team. He won two All-Star MVPs. Again, two-time ABA champion, uh, one-time NBA champion. Uh, he, three times he led the ABA in scoring. Four-time MVP, three that he got in the ABA, one in the NBA. And then he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1993. So, Julius Irving, a man for all seasons, uh the quiet statesman of the league and just a model for many future players to come. So uh, just wanted to give him his flowers and give him his props. He's the first player I highlighted and rightfully so one of the finer players to ever play this game with class and dignity and with a a bit of grace as well. So Julius Irvin, our hats go off to you um, in this first player spotlight for the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. So, all right, guys. So that is it for me. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. So my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at That Sports Dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash gd that sports dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast and also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.